Chapter Twenty Two of the King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two: Orion Appoints a Whip. And many times again, while the winter wore away, Orion went back again with his hounds to that wonderful boundary, and waited there while the earthly twilight faded, and sometimes saw the unicorns come through, craftily, silently, when our fields were still, great beautiful shapes of white but he brought back no more horns to the castle of earl nor hunted again across the fields we know for the unicorns when they came moved into our fields no more than a few bare paces and orion was not able to cut one off again once when he tried he nearly lost all his hounds some being already within the boundary when he beat them back with his whip another two yards and the sound of his earthly horn could never more have reached them it was this that taught him that for all the power that he had over his hands and even though in that power was something of magic yet one man without help could not hunt hound so near to that edge over which if one should stray it would be lost for ever after this orion watched the lads at their games in evenings at earl till he had marked three that in speed and strength seemed to excel the rest and two of these he chose to be whippers in he went to the cottage of one of them when the games were over, just as the lights were lit, a tall lad with great speed of limb. The lad and his mother were there, and both rose from the table as the father opened the door and Orion came in. And cheerily Orion asked the lad if he would come with the hounds and carry a whip and prevent any from straying. And a silence fell. All knew that Orion hunted strange beasts and took his hounds to strange places none there had ever stepped beyond the fields we know the lad feared to pass beyond them his parents were full of loath to let him go at length the silence was broken by excuses and muttered sentences and unfinished things and orion saw that the lad would not come he went then to the house of the other there too the candles were lit and a table spread there were two old women there and the lad at their supper and to them orion told how he needed a whipper in and asked the lad to come their fear in that house was more marked the old women cried out together that the lad was too young that he could not run so well as he used to that he was not worthy of so great an honour that dogs never would trust him and much more than this they said till they became incoherent orion left them and went to the house of the third it was the same here the elders had desired magic for earl but the actual touch of it or the mere thought of it perturbed the folk in their cottages none would spare their sons to go whither they knew not to have dealings with things that rumour like a large and sinister shadow had so grimly magnified in the hamlet of earl so orion went alone with his hounds when he took them up from the valley and went eastwards over our fields where earth's folks would not go it was late in the month of march and orion slept in his tower when there came up to him from far below shrill and clear in the early morning the sound of his peacocks calling the bleat of sheep far up on the downs came to wake him too and cocks were crowing clamorously for spring was singing through the sunny air 
he rose and went to his hands and soon early laborers saw him go up the steep side of the valley with all his hands behind him tan patches against the green and so he passed over the fields we know and so he was come before the sun had set to that strip of land from which all men turned away where westward stood men's houses among fields of fat brown clay and eastward the elfin mountains shone over the boundary of twilight he went with his hounds along the last hedge down to the boundary and no sooner had he come there than he saw a fox quite close slip out of the twilight between earth and elfland and run a few yards along the edge of our fields and then slip back again and of this orion thought nothing for it is the way of the fox thus to haunt the edge of elfland and to return again to our fields it is thus that he brings us something of which none of our cities guess but soon the fox appeared again out of the twilight and ran a little way and was back in the luminous barrier once more then orion watched to see what the fox was doing and yet again it appeared in the fields we know and dodged back into the twilight and the hounds watched too and showed no longing to hunt it for they had tasted fabulous blood orion walked along beside the twilight in the direction in which the fox was going with his curiosity growing the more that the fox dodged in and out of our fields the hounds followed him slowly and soon lost interest in what the fox was doing and all at once the curious thing was explained for luralu all of a sudden skipped through the twilight and that troll appeared in our fields it was with him that the fox was playing a man said luralu aloud to himself or to his comrade the fox speaking in troll talk and all at once orion remembered the troll that had come into his nursery with his little charm against time and had leapt from shelf to shelf and across the ceiling and enraged zerunderell who had feared for her crockery the troll he said also in troll talk for his mother had murmured it to him as a child when she told him the tales of the trolls and their age-old songs who is this that knows troll talk said luralu and orion told his name and this meant nothing to luralu but he squatted down and rummaged a little while in what answers in trolls to our memory and during his ransacking of much trivial remembrance that had eluded the destruction of time in the fields we know and the listless apathy of unchanging ages in elfland he came all at once on his remembrance of earl and looked at orion again and began to cogitate and at this same moment orion told to the troll the august name of his mother at once luralu made what is known amongst the trolls of elfland as the abasement of the five points that is to say he bowed himself to the ground on his two knees his two hands and his forehead then he sprang up again with a high leap into the air for reverence rested not on his spirit long what are you doing in men's fields said orion playing said luralu what do you do in elfland watch time that would not amuse me said orion you've never done it said luralu you cannot watch time in the fields of men why not it moves too fast orion pondered a while on this 
but could make nothing of it because never having gone from the fields we know he knew only one pace of time and so had no means of comparison how many years have gone over you asked the troll since we spoke in earl years said orion a hundred guessed the troll nearly twelve said orion and you it is still to-day and orion would not speak any more of time for he cared not for the discussion of a subject of which he appeared to know less than a common troll will you carry a whip he said and run with my hounds when we hunt the unicorn over the fields we know luralu looked searchingly at the hounds watching their brown eyes the hounds turned doubtful noses towards the troll and sniffed inquiringly they are dogs said the troll as though that were against them yet they have pleasant thoughts will you carry the whip then said orion hmm yes yes said the troll so orion gave him his own whip there and then and blew his horn and went away from the twilight and told luralu to keep the hounds together and to bring them on behind and the hounds were uneasy at the sight of the troll and sniffed and sniffed again but could not make him human and were loath to obey a creature no larger than them they ran up to him through curiosity and ran away in disgust and straggled through disobedience but the boundless resources of that nimble troll were not thus easily thwarted and the whip went suddenly up looking three times as large in that tiny hand and the lash flew forward and cracked on the tip of a hound's nose the hound yelped then looked astonished and the rest were uneasy still they must have thought it an accident but again the lash shot forward and cracked on another nose-tip and the hound saw then that it was not chance that guided those stinging shots but a deadly unerring eye and from that time on they reverenced luralu although he never smelt human so went orion and his pack of hounds in the late evening homewards and no sheep-dog kept the flock on wolf-haunted wold safer or closer than luralu kept the pack he was on each flank or behind them wherever a straggler was and could leap right over the pack from side to side and the pale blue elfin mountains faded from view before orion had gone from the frontier as much as a hundred paces for their gloomless peaks were hid by the earthly darkness that was deepening wide over the fields we know homeward they went and soon there appeared above them the wandering multitude of our earth-seen stars luralu now and then looked up to marvel at them as we have all done at some time but for the most part he fixed his attention on the hounds for now that he was in earthly fields he was concerned with things of earth and never one hound loitered but that luralu's whip would touch him with its tiny explosion perhaps on the tip of its tail scattering a little dust of fragments of hair and whipcord and the hound would yelp and run in to the others and all the pack would know that another of those unerring shots had gone home a certain grace with the whip a certain sureness of aim comes when a life is devoted to the carrying of a whip amongst towns comes say in twenty years and sometimes it runs in families and that is better than years of practice but neither years of practice nor the want of the whip in the blood can give the certain aim that one thing can and that one thing is magic 
the hurl of the lash as immediate as the sudden turn of an eye its flash to a chosen spot as direct as sight were not of this earth and though the cracks of that whip might have seemed to passing men to be no more than the work of an earthly huntsman yet not a hound but knew that there was in it more than this a thing from beyond our fields there was a touch of dawn in the sky when orion saw again the village of earl sending up pillars of smoke from early fires below him and came with his hounds and his new whipper in down the side of the valley early windows winked at him as he went down the street and came in the silence and chill to the empty kennels and when the hounds were all curled up on their straw he found a place for lorilleux a mouldering loft in which were sacks and a few heaps of hay from a pigeon loft just beyond it some of the pigeons had strayed and dwelt all along the rafters there orion left lorilleux and went to his tower cold with the want of sleep and food and weary as he would not have been if he had found a unicorn but the noise of the troll's chatter when he had found him on the frontier had made it useless to watch for those wary beasts that evening orion slept but the troll in the mouldering loft sat long on his bundle of hay observing the ways of time he saw through cracks in old shutters the stars go moving by he saw them pale he saw the other lights spread he saw the wonder of sunrise he felt the gloom of the loft all full of the coo of the pigeons he watched their restless ways he heard wild birds stir in near elms and men abroad in the morning and horses and carts and cows and everything changing as the morning grew a land of change the decay of the boards in the loft and the moss outside in the mortar and old lumber mouldering away all seemed to tell the same story change and nothing abiding he thought of the age-old calm that held the beauty of elfland and then he thought of the tribe of trolls he had left wondering what they would think of the ways of earth and the pigeons were suddenly terrified by wild peals of Lurlu's laughter. End of chapter 22 Orion appoints a whip